the latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Welcome to this week's 442 Insider Podcast. And joining me today is a very special guest, Adam Peacock from Hyundai Match Day Saturday. Welcome, Adam. Boys, good to be here. And uh, a usual Trevor, Traham, editor. That wasn't as exciting right. introduction, was it? And, uh, Just because you've got professional broadcasting. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little enough, bit intimidated. Someone, yeah. someone that presents for a living with us two Muppets. Someone has to look after Robbie and Bosley. Exactly. Uh, no, not presents, babysits. Yeah. yeah. So. Talking of Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> um, where else could we start our news and review from this week other than what I've now termed as slate gate? Um, <laughs> it's been running hot on pretty much every forum, not just football forums, sports forums. Uh, I think it will probably make the election mm. sort of countdown. Whose side are you on? Team Slater, Team Kill. <laughs> Uh, the t-shirts are in production. It was riveting TV, lads, wasn't it? Gotta be honest. Yeah, it's great. I loved it. I think it was, you know, it's one of those things that everyone's talking about. We talk about promoting the game, and the amount of people who have been coming up talking to me, who I didn't think were football fans, who would have any interest that had seen it, um, was quite interesting. But as I was saying earlier, a lot of people have sort of said, you know, cool, slate, Robbie sort of thing. Um, I thought Robbie handled it relatively well. I think it's know. probably more of a play on his name. Yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> but... He, he done all right, didn't he? No, I thought he was... He, thought he was, was quite calm if, and collected. If it was like, a fight, you'd probably call it a tie, I'd yeah. say. And you always, you always sound a little bit madder on the phone, don't you, than in person, if you're on the phone from Istanbul. You probably feel like you have to convey it a bit more in your voice because you yeah. can't yeah. speak your yeah. language. I mean, just, just back to your first point, Trev, I was... Um, this is the, the best example of how far it's gone. Uh, my wife, who really probably couldn't give a stuff about football unless Manchester United are playing and she walks past the television they happen to be on the television at that time. <laughs> she comes in this morning um, after I've had, it felt like about 35 minutes sleep overnight and goes, um, what's this going on? Is Harry Cure going to... S- what's he going to do? Is he going to sue Robbie? <laughs> I went, oh my God, I've woken up to this. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I can't get away from it. <laughs> That'd be great. You always sort of prefer it because that little knowledge is quite dangerous. Isn't it? You always like, <laughs> preferred it the other way where we just kept it separate. Yeah. Oh, no. I had the same thing. Yeah. I think mean, it was the first time ever my missus asked me to turn a football program up. So she could be <laughs> it was. It was. Um, I was like you guys. I like go back to last week. We got a call um, in at works saying that Harry would like to come on the show and convey his. Um, his thoughts, and a few people out there are thinking that we teed this up and ambushed and everything like that. It was all legit. Robbie knew about it. Simon knew about it. Everyone knew about it. Um, Harry's people came to us and said, can, can we say Harry's side of the story? And we went, sure, go for it. So we got him on, and he said that. And I thought, I'm like you, Trev. I thought Robbie uh, handled himself well. Mm. Knowing Robbie, he can lose his temper on occasions, and uh, he yeah, was, restrained I was himself nicely. For him to, I was waiting for yeah. him to, to bubble over. And I mean, he, Sorry, he, he, he believes his side of the story. Harry believes his side of the story. Where it goes from here, I've got no idea what um, happens. So the key, the key person in this is Mr X. is that big dog. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, because, as you say, both sides stuck to their story. You know, Robbie said that he wasn't going to name the player, but the player, he trusted the player and, and he reported it as that. Harry says it didn't happen. Yeah. So the only person that can really clear this up is the, the player involved. 
if they're going to come and put their hand up. Or the only other scenario would be would be that the player told Robbie something that didn't actually happen. Yeah. And therefore they're both neither of them are lying. They both believe that they're right. So Yeah. Um like you know, like I was saying, someone's lying, yeah. Someone's not, you know, telling the truth exactly what happened. Um another interesting thing was Harry's comment, your mate Arnie. Your best mate, Arnie. Your best mate, <laughs> your best mate Arnie. Well, I've lost which, there, clearly. Yeah, exactly. Which sort of inferred that you know there might be a non-playing source to the story, mm. um, you know, which hasn't been confirmed. But that's you know seemed to be what Harry was getting at, wasn't it? So where where do we think it's going to go from here? I, I don't know. With you, Jacko. I mean, it, it's down to the player, player X, in Mr. Yeah. X, Mr. Malcolm X, whoever it is, in question, um, whether or not they they come out and say anything. Uh, Robbie. From, I mean, it, everyone rolls their eyes um, about the oh the journo's code, don't reveal your source and whatnot. But Robbie doesn't want to give him up. No, yeah. it is. Even as a mate, you know, he doesn't. Even want to as give a mate, up, he doesn't it? want to give him up. Harry is probably still furious, and there's been talks of lawsuits, as mentioned by my wife this morning. Um, lawsuits, I think that's going a little bit too far about the whole well, thing. We've, thought, we've got the FFA suing Fairfax. We might. Have... We might yeah, as well exactly. Players suing each other. Exactly. It's not good for the whole scheme of things. It just looks like petty infighting. If you take a step back, if you're involved in it, you, you might be able to take sides and everything. Obviously, public opinion is going to be with Harry, because Harry's, I mean, probably our most famous footballer. Yeah. Full stop. I mean, mm. we're talking about it in the office yesterday. He's probably overtaken Craig Johnston. I mean, Tim's up with him in terms of fame in this country, but, but Harry's the man. It has been for the last 10 years. So Robbie's not going to win in the court of public opinion. Unless the player comes out and says, I said it. True. It did happen. Because my missus was sort of like, oh, good on Harry, you know, standing up for himself and blah, blah, blah. So, but that's if it didn't happen. Hmm. Hmm. You know, if it did happen, Harry's sort of public crown is going to slip a little bit because it's been proved that he's a, a blatant liar. Yeah. Because he went there and everyone can replay YouTube where he says in... What is it, 10 years of being a socceroo? No, no one's ever told me to, uh, to F off. So it's interesting. It, it just struck me like, it's a bit like your, your nightmare Christmas party played out in public, isn't it? Mm, pretty much. You come into yeah. the office and like, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. <laughs> yeah. like, I hope it's not going to get out. Someone's not going to say that I said yeah. that. And then they do. And then you're like, do I confront it? Or do I, just <laughs> it? I, I can't believe someone who's played alongside Kevin Musker and has played alongside Vince Grella, has never been told to F off. What are the chances of that? Yeah. Maybe you should have added off the pitch. <laughs> All right, well, I think that's, there's still some, uh, definitely some mileage in that yet, yet so we'll, uh, we'll follow Slategate as it unfolds. Danny <laughs> Vukovic, <laughs> uh, unfortunate Danny Vukovic, was, uh, was making news this week in that he... Has his, his, these Turkish teams, tell you what, they've done off, you Konyaspor, Konyaspor, <laughs> right, yeah. uh, tore up his contract, um, suddenly realised that they were over their foreign quota. Oh, I hate it when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how many are there of you? Oh, sorry. One, two, <laughs> just stand still everyone, just stand still. One, two, oh, no. So, oh, look, can we just sort this out, can everyone who's foreign wear the same colour bib? Um, so they've, they've torn up his contract, which seems to me, I'm not really sure how legal that is. The PFA, understandably, have come out and said that it's a travesty um, and they'll be pursuing it. Uh, Danny's obviously left high and dry now, having only been there for two months and, and moving his life over there. Trev, do we, there's an obvious link with Phoenix. Yeah. They've, they've got an opportunity for a keeper, um, although Danny himself has seemed to say that he'd prefer to stay in Europe. I think the Jets could probably do with a keeper as well. 
Um, we were talking about the podcast last week. There's a lot of good keepers in the A-League, and, and most clubs have got someone that they're happy with. Um, in terms of staying over, um, I think that's probably the best. But if you get you know, revved up to go and play overseas and you're over there, you don't particularly want to come back, tail between your legs, Mark Milligan style, well, do you? Just really? unpack the boxes. Sort of. uh, I hate <laughs> moving as well, especially to Turkey. <laughs> so I think he'll, he'll, he'll try and find enough clothing there, but I don't know how easy that is. It's going to be especially. I'll be straight on the phone to Michael Petkovic going, mate, give me a phone book of Turkish club. <laughs> yeah, just turning up at each club, can I play? So I, th- I think he'll have a load of trial periods, but it's so close to the start of the season as well, isn't it? You know, most clubs have have finalised their, you know, their squads and a lot of the Turkish teams have finalised the amount of foreign players they've got there. So it's not going to be easy for him. On the positive side, there is the fact that, as you mentioned, so close to the start of the season, especially in the rest of continental Europe, end of August, which is when the um, transfer window closes. Yeah. Now, how many clubs are in Europe? There's a few. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, one blo- the first choice breaks his leg. Yeah, in the first yeah. game, he's out for nine months. Danny's now a free agent; he can sign oh, with yeah, whoever I mean, he, he wants. He's also he's also not banned by the transfer window anymore. Exactly, no, he's he, a free agent. he can do what Lucas did Lucas last did. year. Yeah. Oh, that's the best thing that could have happened to him. Oh, it's this fantastic! Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> they miscounted. <laughs> it's unreal. But look, Arsenal looking for a keeper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about Manchester City? They look no, probably not. No, no, trying to get rid of them. I mean, the PFA have stressed, and I think it is quite an interesting point that you know. Moves to Europe are not always as rosy as uh, as they're painted to be, and everyone sort of seems quick to jump on the first plane that they can. And we've had a number of, uh, of problems with that. We've still got the, the lads coming back from Romania who have finally, I think, just been cleared. <laughs> they're cleared now, weekend. aren't they? Yeah, they're playing still um, on Christmas yeah. Island, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> and they're, they're on a boat. Know, and also, <laughs> let's, let's not forget the reason why they're back here was because they didn't get paid for three months, and the club the club couldn't afford to pay their wages. So. Um, you know, the hope is that the A-League provides, uh, you know, a, a viable alternative to going and playing in second and third tier in Europe um, yep. and keeps players here for a couple of years longer. Well, that's, a, that's down to the new boss of the Socceroos. If, if we're, what we're led to believe, all these players go overseas to, to improve their football to play at the international standard. Well, they were, of course, going to do that under PIM because... Yeah. Yeah, but now Holger, it'll be interesting to see what his take on things, like Hahn Berger coming out and saying that there's no point, you'd rather stay here rather than go overseas and play in a third division or second division. Like just in Socceroos camp last week in Slovenia, you've got Bruce Gite going back to his club wondering what the hell he's going to do because he can't get a run at his current club if he's going to go out and loan, if he's going to go somewhere else. You've got James Holland who's like good enough to get into the Socceroos squad but can't get a game at club level, can't even get on the bench. So they've got players of that ilk, but, I mean, is it furthering their career by being over there by just training, basically, and playing in reserves matches? So I, get the, I guess the issue is which Pim was very clear on, on what he thought, was he thought playing a reserve team level in a, in a, a, well, he's a decent league in Europe is better than playing in the A-League. I, I think, I think fitness-wise, um, I know the guys at Sydney are saying that you're 15% fitter if you just train in Europe rather than playing in the A-League. That's you know the test that they've done. The thing that makes me laugh at that is that's nothing to do with the air over there. It's not different. It's to the fact that they train harder. So yeah. isn't the answer to that train them harder here? <laughs> you know what that's? Yeah. We'll, we'll start doing four days a week, yeah. instead of the three. Yeah, it's thirty-three percent fitter. But yeah, I mean, Adam, you were over there. You, you yep. we saw the interview with Holger. Um, what did you make of him? Uh, 
smart human being, from what I can gather, because he didn't give me much. Because yeah. he knew not to give me much. He, okay. didn't, want to, he didn't want to back himself into a, a corner. It wasn't Day Dot that Pim did that with the Australian media, but it was, it was pretty early on. But um, he's a guy that's going to come here with an open mind, which is possibly the most exciting thing. For, for this country, um, he knows bugger all about the A-League, uh, which is not a bad thing because he's not going to go in with any preconceived ideas, so he can come here and see yeah. what he thinks of it, and he can he can tell us, and then if he doesn't like it, he doesn't like it, I mean, but I think he will, some of the players, but um, his ideals of playing, I reckon he's got a, an idea, but he just didn't want to give it away, how he wanted to say it. We, we hear from his previous experiences that his defensive mindset... On with the other guys, as Andy Harper mentioned on FC the other night before Slategate, um, <laughs> that as long as he buys into what we're about, yeah. what, what Australians are about, not just the, the Australian football culture. I mean, it's bloody cliche and you roll your eyes at it, but you look at the, the coat of arms, kangaroo, emu, can't walk backwards, don't take a backward step. Unfortunately, that wasn't the philosophy of the former guy, as we saw in Durban. So... I've got a feeling... Yes, they both eaten widely across Australia. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. As long as you take the feathers out of the emu, it doesn't add to it much. Um, but as long as he buys into that, I think that's the first step. Yeah. Um, team unity is going to be an interesting thing. If we're led to believe what Robbie says. Well, what was it like over there? Because I, cause I know the, the commentators during the game made a big thing about the fact that the Socceroos didn't really seem that up for it and weren't really... Didn't seem on their game, didn't seem... The intensity didn't seem to be there. Do you think? Do you think that was subconsciously because there was a caretaker coach involved, and it was sort of? Um, no, I didn't get that impression when I was there. Um, maybe it was. Maybe you got that impression because the Slovenians were so up for it because they were hmm. playing in front of their national stadium, and they were trying to make it. Oh, it's unbelievable! They're nice as well. I, I, I had a pack <laughs> of Slovenians next to me at the World Cup. For the uh, for their draw with USA, when they were two 0 up, they were going off. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he, one of them was the most drunk man I saw in the World Cup. <laughs> some title as well. Took a lot, considering well, I had a few big nights. I was going to say with you and Paul there, that was an incredible title. <laughs> that's like the best looking girl at Miss Universe pageant. Yeah, so yeah, that's a, yeah, some competition. The um, yeah, it, it just seemed that the Slovenians were so up for it that it might have appeared that way, and subconsciously, maybe some of the Australian players are like. I'm on the periphery of my club side. I really want to play here, but I really don't want to get injured at yeah, the start of the season. Yeah. So I don't think that would have been the case. Like Carl Valeri played one of the best games I've, I've seen him play yep. in the national shirt. But uh, yeah, it was low key. It was very laid back. I was surprised. Like the day before the game, you, you'd go out and all the players are out in the, in the cafes having their coffees and, and rin waters and just enjoying it and kicking back and um, very approachable. Um, the, the camp was very approachable. I, I reckon. They were keen to get away from, if you want a word that use that word, the circus, and it, it was a, a bit of a circus given the amount of media that's a, a, a World Cup for the Socceroos and and whatnot. But um, it was very laid back and very enjoyable, and Slovenia is a nice place, by the way, too. So excellent. <laughs> uh, we're, we're launching the travel podcast. Yeah, next exactly. Um, Welcome to Slovenia. A couple of Aussie keepers. Um, Brad Jones, and Mark Schwartz. So uh, Brad Jones has now signed for Liverpool. Um, obviously, that's as a deputy to Pepe Reina, but certainly a great move for him and a good step up. Uh, and Schwarzer still looks like he's on the verge of signing for Arsenal, although the might Joe Hart might have blown a spanner in the works there because of his performance at the weekend. Because 
Mancini has apparently come out and said he wouldn't stand in the way of Shea Given if he wanted to leave because he'd understand it. How can you have Shea Given on the bench? <laughs> so, He's got to be one of the top three keepers in the Premier League, well, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, so, uh, and apparently, this is what I got from the BBC podcast on the way home last night. <laughs> Good work. Robbie Savage said that Robbie Savage. he'd heard <laughs> that Shea Given had texted someone who used to play at Newcastle and told him he was on his way to Arsenal. That's an incredible That's diluted source on that, isn't it? Another wow. podcast, yeah. Robbie Savage. Yeah, so so there, there's definitely some uh, some smoke there, I think, with uh, given potentially to he, Arsenal. He won't let him go to a top top four contender. You wouldn't think, would you? You wouldn't have thought so. Not after what they've done with Bellamy, which is basically <laughs> let him go to Cardiff and apparently paying most, most, if not all, of his wages still. No, no, no. You can still be rich, just... Go yeah, elsewhere. Go to another country, else. in fact. Why can't yeah. he go to West Ham? I mean, we're no threat to anyone. We can look after Bellamy. You just got to wait till next season, wait till your championship. Uh, Bellamy or Given? <laughs> oh, anyone. Anyone. But you've got an Engl- <laughs> anyone who's available. But you've got an England keeper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh come on. We'll, we'll talk about the Premier League in, in part three. We'll deal with all of that. I've got plenty of chat about West Ham in part three. I'm just very much looking forward to that. Skip over that. Didn't see the game, <laughs> um, actually. So. Just one final bit of alien news, which, which, was, what, which, was, probably, which was the only news story on the site to run hotter than Slategate, was uh, Gold Coast United bringing back their ridiculous... Um, Crowd cap. I think they've, they've got a spelling mistake. They've got a typo. They, they saw salary cap and it's been printed as crowd cap. So not. they've capped the crowd at 5,000. Fantastic. I remember the... It was the, rubbish last year. The first game after was North Queens and Fury, wasn't it? So it's Robbie Fowler in town. Should be a good turnout. I think they got 2,600 or yeah. something. So it didn't work last time. I can't quite see what's different this time round. And like we spoke about a year ago, you know, last season... You know, fans have paid for season tickets in certain seats. They're not going to be able to sit there. I just can't see what they're doing. No. I I can half see his reasoning if he wasn't Clive Palmer. Mm. He came out at the start of the season and, and he got asked about this issue and he went, oh, no, no, no. I'm here for long haul. That was around the rumours that he was going to yeah, like yeah. it. And he said... What about the losses, Clive? I think it was along this line of questioning. What about the losses you endured last year? Because apparently he lost $5 million around that mark or something like that. And he just giggled and said, oh, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I earn about $7 million, $8 million in a day. Now, I found that in a pair of his trousers. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't quite resonate with a oh, fan no, who's been no, told no. to go and sit. I, I can half see the reason for the cap, but let the, the diehards, the season ticket holders, sit in that... I think it's the North Stand. Mm. Um, and if you're going to close the rest of the ground, close the rest of the ground. But let the season ticket holders sit where they sit, week in, week out. Because if you piss them off, yeah. we've got no hope. Yeah. Full stop. So that's ridiculous in that respect. Yeah, I think it stinks. Stank last year, stinks this year. Right? You're either in or you're out. And, and it just smacks to me that they've, you know, they're giving up. You know, they're, they're, they're basically saying every week that we know we're not going to get 5,000. They should actually be out there generating more than 5,000 people, you know, spending time promoting the club. Not saying, we've, it's pretty much like throwing in the towel, saying whatever we do, we're not going to get 5,000, so we might as well cap it at that. To save 60,000 a week doesn't yeah. make any sense. A little story on that from last year. I was up there for Australia Day. My sister lives up there, and um, they had all these huge, big celebrations. They had this big thing. I don't know where it was. They had this big thing on the Gold Coast on Australia Day, and it's this huge like community event. and Everyone goes along, and it's... I don't know where it was, but um, Gold Coast Titans had someone there. Gold Coast AFL Football Club had someone there. The Blaze, the, the NBL team, had someone there. At, like a little stand, if you like, promoting the club. 
duck egg, Gold Coast United, nothing. So I'm not sure that they're they're in. Hopefully that will change around season two. That was season one, obviously, when they're having all the trouble. Hopefully it changes around because you can't build a football club on sand. Well, they're not you, trying you, to. You you have grass they don't even seem to be trying to build a football club. It's Clive Palmer's club, and yeah. that's the way it's positioned. And all of this smacks of that, that he'll do what he likes. And so, and then you you can't so you can't blame fans for not buying into it because why are they going to buy into something that's patently not theirs? Exactly. You know? yeah, I thought he was going to you know when Clive Palmer like emerged alongside Miron, I thought this is going to be great for you know coverage and you know getting column inches. But Clive Palmer hasn't been that owner, that likable owner that you were hoped he was going to be outspoken but still likable. Yeah, we need people to come and give us millions of dollars without getting anything in exactly. return. Yeah. And be happy about it. Yeah, that's the deal with an A-League licence. Exactly. You know that. And Miron, poor old Miron, he's not even the best-dressed coach anymore. Oh, oh well, you talk, I know no, you're talking about. <laughs> Friends, <laughs> the man. On that note, we'll pause and we'll be back to talk about the, uh, the round two review of the A-League and that man, Straka. We'll be back. The season starts here with 442's ultimate companion to the big kickoff. Every A-League and EPL team is profiled, complete with all the fixtures, stats and expert opinion you need. Hear the views of Fox Sports Match Day Saturday team on the coming season and enjoy our look forward to the start of league action in Spain, Germany and Italy. Plus, we go one-on-one with Liverpool legend and TV super pundit Mark Lawrenson. If it's in the game, it's in 442. On sale now. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Welcome back to section two of this week's podcast. We are now going to take a look back at A League Round Two review. Uh, and we've just been told in the break that it's actually Trev's birthday. Uh, so happy birthday, Trev. How old, Thank Trev? you, man. Rock and roll age to die, 27. Rock and roll age to die. Yes. All famous rock and roll people, people who live a rock and roll lifestyle, like myself, have yep. ended up uh, have ended up dying. Kurt Cobain, yeah, Jimi Hendrix, yeah, all that. Jimi Hendrix, yeah. So twenty-seven. It's probably it? more that has died at twenty-seven than have died at twenty-seven. The names have escaped me, but there's about six or seven. Look into it. Jimi Hendrix had the most mature twenty-seven-year-old voice. No, and hair. Must have been and the face. Yeah. Probably not liver or yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. anything like that. So, do you reckon you'll see out the year then? <laughs> not the way I'm going, Jacko. Really? Not if history tells us anything. No, I won't make it. But <laughs> what a way to go! Still end up in Star City again yeah. after Christmas party. Yeah. Oh, the fact I sit at home watching A League games in my pants seems it goes quite a lot. I'm going to die a rock and roll lifestyle. But anyway, on to the action. image. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, it's a podcast. On that note. This <sighs> like Trevor is panted today, so he's not sat here in his uh, in his box. He does have a guitar around him, so that's a bit yeah. of a worry. Um, a choke on his own vomit or something. <laughs> Round two kicked off in the wet in Wellington, which was a, a very entertaining three-three draw. It was a bit of a lottery. Um, <laughs> Gold Coast coming back to snatch a draw. Adam, what do you make of that? Should it have been played? Yeah. You think? I was with uh, Miron. It's entertainment. It's fun. Like. Yeah, I mean, Ricky Herbert said, oh, I can't see why we couldn't have played it tomorrow. But, I mean, I've been to Wellington. There's half a chance it would have been exactly like that the day after. Yeah, so, yeah. I, Ricky Herbert may be talking, talking through his pocket, if you like, in, in the sense that he's got nothing to do with his wallet or his pocket, but the sense that he's dropped two points at home, I think that's yeah. his main issue, maybe. But, um, oh, yeah, play it. It was good fun. I mean, they don't play it. They don't, I mean, in Sydney these days, 
where we are at the moment, uh, doesn't rain for two weeks, dog goes down to local park, wee's in the corner of the ground, council have a look at the ground, oh, too wet, oh, no, rained off. Ridiculous. So it was good to see that actually football can be played if there is a bit of water around. So it was fantastic to see and it was uh, pretty funny, especially Dino Julbich playing a bit of handball mm. as well. <laughs> Trev, did you think that? I mean, can we read... I mean, OK, if the game did go ahead, we can't really read too much into it because it sort of levelled things out and it was who could, yeah, same who for could both manage sides. the conditions That's better. The old cliche, same for both sides. I mean, that was the third 3-3 draw of this season, wasn't it? A-League, what a league. Yeah. So many goals. Um, I was absolutely convinced that Wellington were going to see that one out. Um, Paul Eiffel. Aman. Aman Paul. Oh, the league's finest player. That's who we're talking about. Paul Eiffel. We've got a bit of a Paul Eiffel. Well, a bit of a Paul, Wellington, Ricky Lovin on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we you've got a serious man crush on Paul, yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't you? We uh, rung him up for an interview once because he won our Player of the Year. Yeah. 2 a.m. He was jet lagged. Still did it for the podcast. What a guy. What a guy. He wasn't in Europe. We just rang him at 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> just to see if he'd take the call. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you why I liked it a lot because. I was just so relieved that someone came from a lower league in England, the Championship, and did really well. Mm-hmm. Because I was just fed up with, oh, bloody, can't we set our sights higher than that, do it? Mm. What's he going to bring to the party? And I was so glad that he was absolutely awesome. Absolutely. You know, just his attitude. Like, yeah. You know, I just thought he was fantastic. Greenacre but, scored as well, didn't he? Ah, uh, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Not Chris. once, yeah, but twice. Yeah, Trev uh, scared Chris Greenacre at the at the A-League launch last year. Last year, because he just signed, and I'd um, he'd scored a lot of goals for me on Football Manager game. So yeah. I'd, I told him, and I'd backed him for top scorer. But he just looks so scared, like just, I was some just, psychotic. Just we went on to answer the questions, and I think we spooked him. Yeah, I've got big hopes for you. Big hopes. I've, I've, our man. I've backed you for top scorer, and then really looked at him in an intense Boom. way, and then he scored about three goals all season. <laughs> Maybe it was because you're in your pants when you told yeah, him. And yeah, maybe. It makes people nervous. <laughs> now, another draw, though. Now, Adam, you're famous for picking the draws every game you predict. I just like the draw. I like the $3.30 on offer. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can only be so much wrong with a draw. You know, if you go one way, then you could be completely wrong, can't you? And you're not going to tee anyone off. You're not going to, like... Um, piss anyone off by the fact that you've gone the draw so right. I don't think when we predict round three you're allowed to pick a draw for any of them yeah okay. new rule I've been, I've been, I've been doing my usual uh, I've been doing my usual pre, uh, first three or four rounds of the A-League back in all five draws boxing yeah. it fours, threes and twos and I'm about 800 bucks up at the moment yeah. could have been more if Sydney would have held on yeah, um, point. okay another draw Newcastle one heart one what a finish Curling, top corner. <laughs> that is <laughs> on the run. Finished dreams are made of, isn't it? Poor lad. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Yeah. Melbourne Hart. I mean. Yeah. I mean, let's let's talk about Hart. You know, they, they, we were all saying that they'd recruited well uh, on paper. Looks like a very strong side. Haven't really blown anyone apart yet, have they? No. They and you look you, like it. You couldn't imagine that they'll be able to do that this Friday night. We'll get to it, obviously. But you go. You don't go to Adelaide and and blow. You, you might get a result, but yeah. you, Adelaide don't get blown apart at Hindmarsh. So, no. um, interested to hear uh, Van Skip after the match saying, I just want our side to play a bit more football. Like, they're obviously getting involved in the battle and, and doing that well, but playing a bit more. Uh, I don't think it's the, the way maybe he envisaged his team to be playing, but is it a chemistry thing? We'll find out, I suppose, give it what, I suppose six weeks. At what point do you think... You start hoofing up to the big man? Yeah. This is my point. At what point do you think, during a game, when, when you cross that line and you've worked on stuff in training, and I, I thought, saw a bit of this in their, in their opening game, 
first 15 minutes they went out there and tried to play football mm. you know playing it around and then didn't start Mariners got in their face a bit Matt Simon's Mariners do Matt yeah. Simon's <laughs> elbows started flying around and his knees and, and then they very quickly sort of reverted back to knocking it forward quickly and I guess my question is is like you know how much at, those, at their sort of ages can you coach those players to play in a completely different way than they, than they mm. may be used to and during a game the temptation surely is to go well do you know what I know we want to, we've been asked to play this way but we're one nil down we need to get the ball forward quicker Mm. You know, but can, can you coach patience I guess is the thing that we're saying maybe but I think it's a style of play that takes a bit of time to get used to doesn't it I mean they've only played two games haven't Passing they football yeah yeah you know I, I don't think it's going to happen overnight for Hart but I think you know if, if this is what Vanship really wants to do then it's like well let's stick at it we've got you know 30 games this season we're the only new club even if it's not you know we're not you know, making the top two till next season. Let's have a season where we're getting used to this style, and then you know, that becomes a style that Hart plays forever. Yeah. Then I think that's a, a worthy investment for perhaps not the the best first season we thought they were going to have. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see how they get on this week. Um, match of the round, probably, if only for man of the match, Fran Straka's uh, histrionics on the touchline. Fantastic to see. What a jacket. Absolutely amazing! <laughs> Loved him. I thought he was. I thought he was top value. And also, can we say, you know, he's doing bloody well there. Yeah, is I know it it's a, early, but is it not a plural the jacket? Is it not jackets? It's got a range. No, just of the one he might have multiple because he wore that jacket at the A League launch. He wore that round one. He wore that round two. It's got a good dry cleaner. Well, yeah, either that or he doesn't. He can't smell. Um, <laughs> He'll need to wash it after he's got all that, that power out yeah, exactly. of you, you would think so. Oh, it was unreal to see. It was, it was fantastic. Um, I mean, it ensures that this weekend when we'll, we'll do the match on match day Saturday that we'll have half an eye on the pitch and half an eye on what Franzi Boy is doing in, on, yeah. on the touchline. because I'm sure looking at our predictions. Well, I've, just found, I've just found a magazine. I've just found this magazine knocking about. How many people, how many out of us experts... Um, Predict, well, including Mr. Hill, <laughs> predicting North Queensland to finish bottom. A few little excerpts from the from this magazine I've found because adding a bit of luck and top six is not out of the question. Um, they might surprise a few Townsville visitors this term. Who's exactly that? what they've done. Aidan Ormond of Four Four Two magazine said that. <laughs> I think, um, I mean, for me, the player that's caught my eye probably of the whole league is Cernak. I think he's been excellent. Yeah. You know. Um, and David Williams has had a good start to the season as well. In terms of the predictions, everyone's got them bottom except Kevin, who's got them seventh. So where they finished last year. Um, yeah. I, uh, you say what you will about them, but like you look at any other sport, pace, it's the key ingredient, yeah. and, and that's what they got. I mean, that's what troubled Sydney last last week. Especially the back two, average age forty-seven. Yeah, Keller and uh, sort of Keller reminded and Fox. me of when the QE two and the Queen Victoria were in Sydney <laughs> trying to get around each other. All the little tugboats nipping in and out, and it takes them about a day and a half to turn and get back out. That's a concern, isn't it, for Sydney? I mean, yeah, you know, they they need. Do they need to go back into? The, they've still got room within the squad. They're not at full capacity yet. So yeah, I, mean, I know they've been looking for centre-forward. Do they need to look for a centre-half? I was saying this last week. I, I think Keller and uh, Fox are fine to play one of them. 
but I think you can't have two slow lumbering yeah. centre backs. So I think it might be a better idea using the players they've got. It's what I thought they were going to do anyway was put Sebra in Play the middle and then put Shannon yeah. Cole right back. Um, I think he, he might he might revert to that for the next game. But mm. yeah, they need, they need a striker as well though. Yeah, and you sort of seeing as well the value of Simon Colossal last year. Mm. When you tell about there how much he marshaled and swept up behind, yeah, um, and I think like you say, it's fine having one of those types of centre centre halves who's going to attack the ball at mm. corners and, and win the first header, but two of them, a, they have to sort out between themselves who's going to attack the ball. It sometimes yeah. creates some confusion, and as you say, if it's flicked on, there's there's no pace behind. Yeah, well, if there's you know any sort of mistake, you know who's who's going to recover? Who's yeah. got the pace to recover? No one. Yeah, but so, uh, back to, yeah. sorry, back to North Queensland. Um, Back to them on the on the positive side, they're great to watch all of a sudden. And yeah. just on FC again the other night, interested to note that they picked out a few players that uh, Holger might be looking at in the near future. I mean, who would have thought this? That if they put up six play- young players from the A League, three of them were from North Queensland. Yeah. So Ossie Malik, um, Cernak, and also uh, David Williams. David Williams, yeah. So I mean, there's three young players if they can stay injury free because obviously depth will be an issue for them um, be uh, a great story if they could get into the finals from where they were three months ago yeah and, yeah, they've just beaten the double winners at home you know everyone was tipping them um, got a great point at Perth the week before whether they can keep up but has has France created a bit of a, a bit of a like you know sort of persona that he now has to live up to all season Will he be looking at that and say, right, OK, well, I've been cast as the, uh, the eccentric jolly. So the, will he be shopping for louder jackets this week, do you <laughs> Perhaps not. No, he's got to stick with the cream, surely. Yeah. Cream yeah. the bone, the off-white, the white. Let's the hope that the North Queensland fans embrace it and get out there to the uh, charity shops and buy them. You know, it could be like, like uh, Joachim Lowe's blue jumper. Yeah. We'll start wearing those. Uh, Melbourne, like Sydney. Not a great start. Um, they followed up their opening day draw with Sydney with a defeat at home to Perth. And this was a this was an issue for Melbourne last year, wasn't it? Home form. Yeah. I mean, they have that sort of style, don't they? That quick counter-attacking style that suits playing on the road. And suits Archie Thompson. Yep, yeah, completely. And then, you know, not got Robbie Cruz either at the moment, have they? Yeah. So, yeah, when you're, you're at home and you haven't got that sort of... The, the players that fit into a style that you've been playing for years, then it, it's a real problem, especially Perth that travel poorly, have always travelled poorly. Um, you know, to see them go to to the victory and win suggests that. I mean, a lot of people have tipped them, haven't they? Yeah. Like Simon Hill's got them, and Maybe. you know, yeah, yourself. So, um, I, I didn't personally feel that just the addition of Fowler was going to be enough to see them win it, but you know, that's a pretty impressive result. Yeah. And obviously, it was, it was a new home for Melbourne, so it wasn't mm. the first game and. Um, First league game at Amy Stadium. Decent crowd there, just over 20,000. Hey, crowd uh, mention. Every podcast, topic. talk about crowds. Got to get off the <laughs> Obsessed with crowds. Um, so, Perth, from, what, help from, from yeah. what you see, we are like, so obsessed it. with crowd numbers. We, we, we did make a, pl- a pact that we were going to get away but from it. But it's human nature. If you have a party at your house and you get a disappointing roll-up, the next day, all you're thinking about is, oh, there are only 35 people there, I invited 50. Or, conversely, if you get 75 to the 50 invites, you're happy as Larry. You, your life is judged on how many yeah, people turn up to what you are passionate about, i.e. a party yeah. or a football match. So, it's human nature, but yeah. So per- you you guys coming to my party later, yeah. my birthday party? Not been invited. No. Oh, that's not yeah. what happened, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
See, I was, you, don't I, let, you don't want to let yourself down. You want to put yourself out there, do you? I, I knew you I was going to get bad figures. I've capped it at five people, Clive Palmer stars. Oh, <laughs> you tight ass. Uh, Adam, so Perth, do you, do you see them challenging this year? Yeah, I mean, you, you're mad not to. They do have a propensity to um, bugger things up, though, uh, yeah. on occasions. But I, I thought this at the start. I mean, Chris Coyne's got to come back into the equation yeah. as well. And... Coyne, Burns and Sturjovski, like a lot of a few players throughout the league, but Perth had the concentration of them. They had three players there that thought, oh, should I go overseas? Should I, what should I do? What am I going to do? They don't have that burden this year. They can just be a bit freer and speaking to the guys over in Perth are saying that Sturjovski in particular is a lot happier around the place. He's, he's free of mind, yeah. so to speak. So that's going to help their and situation. Think, I mean, I, I always got the impression as well that sort of being the main man didn't sit too well with, with Miles Dajowski, mm. that he was almost being wrongly sort of cast as this centre-forward that was going to be scoring goals, and maybe Fowler going there as that figurehead, and he's more yeah. than comfortable taking a, that sort of pressure as being the main man, allows Miles to probably do what is best, which is act more as a provider than mm. a than the goal scorer himself. So maybe that might explain why he's a bit more relaxed as well. And they got Jelic, who was scoring goals last season. He was yeah. on the bench last week. And they got Michael Baird, who I've heard very, very, very good things about from John McCain, who yeah. was in the Socceroos camp, and he said he's going to tear the A-League up so mm. if he's fit. So he's finally... Has he got his clearance? Yeah, he, no, he's off the clear. island. He's, yeah, he's all right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know Mitchell got his, and Rose obviously played last week, but it's... Finally, good to see that the Romanians have come back from their holiday or whatever they were on and, and cleared things, or FIFA or whatever it was, but that was an ugly mess. But, um, yeah, Dave Mitchell's got uh, good problems, i.e., how's he going to get 11 on the... which 11 he puts on the park. Yeah, It's a rare problem for A-League coaches as well, but in that game did feature the most predictable face-off between two players <laughs> ever. <didn't laughs> A-League's two narkiest players. Who are? <laughs> yeah, Burns and Musket, classic. <laughs> And the round was finished off with uh, with a draw. <laughs> the Mariners shock. drawing their, uh, their first home game onto Adelaide. Um, they had to wait a while to uh, to get that draw. Um, and in the end, they, they nicked a late equaliser. Trev? Yep. What do you make of it? <laughs> what do I think of this game? Yeah. Um, yeah, they were saying about, you know, the commentary was saying about Ernie, uh, Arnie's unbeaten run, because he's unbeaten for 10 pre-seasons, now the opening two, so 12 games. I'm being, I mean, I don't know who the pre-season friendlies were against. But, um, yeah, battling Mariners, I think even going into the last stages, you, you fancied him to get a point. And interesting to see Matt Simon pop up the goal because he, he's sort of not all over the place, but his role's adapting a bit at the moment, isn't it? So Into you know. a number 10, Fantasista. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reckon. Yeah, off-the-shoulder type, you know, never know what he's going to do next character. Yeah, We like that. Perez didn't play again. Yeah, that's dirty at that. He's yeah. in my fantasy team. They're talking him up like he's. Trev tipped him for the Johnny Warren medal. I've oh. never seen yeah, the guy like, play. He's not even seen him on <laughs> but I saw that he had his picture taken with Lionel Messi. Yeah, so he it's must good be good. Yeah, anyone who's had his picture taken with him. He was at the airport. In, he was in his he's civilian clothes. Close. Don't cry for me, Argentina. That was as close as he got on YouTube. <laughs> Anyway, uh, hopefully he plays this weekend. Yeah, we all, I mean, yeah, everybody, as you say, he's one of those players that everyone is giving him a big rap. Let's just hope. It's like Chris Greenacre yeah, last year, every year. <laughs> hope that he lives up to it. Uh, that's all for round two. We'll, round two, section two. We'll be back uh, after the break uh, to talk about the English Premier League, which started up last weekend, and we'll pick some Boom. of the main, main talking points out of that. 
such as Villa's thumping The season starts here with 442's ultimate companion to the big kickoff. Every A-League and EPL team is profiled, complete with all the fixtures, stats and expert opinion you need. Hear the views of Fox Sports Match Day Saturday team on the coming season and enjoy our look forward to the start of league action in Spain, Germany and Italy. Plus, we go one-on-one with Liverpool legend and TV super pundit Mark Lawrenson. If it's in the game, it's in 442. On sale now. Back to 442 Insider. Hello and welcome back to this week's 442 Insider Podcast. We're going to cast our gaze over to the English Premier League, which opened up last weekend, and pick out a few of the main stories. Um, difficult to go beyond Blackpool's dream start, the Tangerine dream. Yep. Headed over to Wigan and gave them a thumping, 4-0. Mm, I think there's a lot of talk um, about how Blackpool were going to approach games because they were really attacking last season. Played a 4-3-3, you know, went at teams. And you're thinking there's no way they're going to better come to the Premiership and be that attacking. Um, Wigan love a good implosion though, don't they? Oh. So they followed up, you know, last season's 8-0. Yeah. Oh, Twelve zip in last two games. Yeah. yeah, was it 9-0 against Tottenham as well last season? But, you know, they beat some good teams last year as well. well. The fear is when... When Titus Bramble leaves and you're defensive weaker as a result, you know you're in trouble, really, yeah. don't you? Yeah. Let's be honest. I think the favourite of a, a Titus Bramble moment we had was when he, he was at Ipswich and it was at Anfield. And the last time he played there, he was literally responsible for four of the goals. And as he was coming on for Ipswich, the Liverpool fans were cheering like a goal had scored. <laughs> just bringing him on. Imagine how that must feel, being bought on and being cheered. Uh, Newcastle signed him for six million quid as a result. I can't believe that happened. Um, <laughs> Ipswich must be still giggling about that. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, that was unbelievable. Like, they had to... They had to switch the game because they still haven't built their stadium. Know, the Premier yeah, League standards. Blue, the blue first four road. games they're playing away. To and they're not even building a, a proper stand. They're building a temporary stand at Bloomfield Road. Just in the thought that perhaps this might not last. Yeah, <laughs> and they'll just yeah. rip it down next year and they, go back to 12,500. They've been very clear that they're not going to pay more than 10 grand a week. Yeah. Not even, it feels like they're not even trying to stay up, but then they go and win the first game 4-0. But I suppose, you know, I, I think they've been, you know, Holloway's been quite clever in that, you know, they've not come in with any delusions. They're not saying, we, you know, we, our aim is survival. They're saying, you know what, we're here pretty much to get the parachute moments, have a season in the Premier League, have fun with it, you know. But he's that very smart sort of kidology from Holloway in that he's creating no pressure around them. So every week, he's gonna, you know, and they will get thumped. There's no doubt mm, about it. Because yeah. of the way they play, they will go out and get a thumping. But you sort of get the impression that, Holloway's preparing them for that and he's mm. like it doesn't matter if we get thumped at Man United but what matters if we can beat teams like Wigan because at the end of the day to stay up there's only got to be three worse teams than them and there's a lot of very average teams in the bottom half of the Premier League yeah, so yeah. West Ham being one of them there's a lot of rubbish fighting around <laughs> unfortunately there's a huge gulf between again like last season there's the top there's the Europa League spots yeah. then there's going to be the rest three leagues in one now, isn't it? But, but that bottom league is getting bigger, I think. Yeah, you know, it yeah. used to be like five or six teams. Now it's probably the bottom half. Mm. You know? mm. um, Chelsea, the other hand, would just spanked West Brom. Scott Carson, oh my God. To think that he was one seeing the... Do you remember that Croatia yeah. game? He was yeah. really keeper at the time. Yeah, that was a ridiculous decision to throw him in though as well, wasn't he? it? Was just McLaren yeah. was trying to prove a point, yeah. wasn't he, at the time? And then he made that howler. Didn't start well for him. 
got worse. Middle wasn't very good at the left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the bear, really. yeah. Uh, what was going on with their walls? They set up a wall, and every single time they just whacked it straight for the middle of it. Look, wee, there we go. Yeah, and Drogba as well, who managed to hammer the ball from free kicks, even if he's using the side of his foot. Yeah. Freak, isn't it? So Chelsea are looking, Chelsea, looking pretty ominous. Have you seen their first five games? They've got, next they've got, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they've got, have they got Wigan or Stoke this weekend? It's either Wigan or Stoke. Yeah. Um, the next, definitely the next two. Stoke they smashed last time they played at home. I think it was six blot or six one or something like that. Yeah. Wigan obviously they smashed eight nil. Then they've got Blackpool. No, then they've got West Ham. Wigan, Stoke, West Ham, Blackpool. They've got. That could be four <laughs> and against forty five and zero after the first four games. No, didn't you say they got West Ham? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, forty five and one. <laughs> Robert Green will score from a goal kick. Um, yeah. I mean, that's a dream start, but then, then obviously it gets a bit difficult for them because I think the week that they start their Champions League campaign, uh, they play Manchester City. Yes, so they do. Yeah. That's going to sort them out. Away. But I mean, they've essentially, with all due respect, given the, the status of their squad, with all due respect to the other sides, they've got a pre-season to start their season. Yeah. So. Yeah, warm themselves up. Yeah, um, Man City Spurs. How was that nil-nil? <laughs> Probably one of the best nil-nils I've watched yeah. for a while. Um, pretty much, you can thank Joe Hart for it staying nil-nil. Pause. Um, we we're sitting. There, we've got this Twitter thing now. We're sitting there and we're thinking we're still getting used to it. Like Boz and Robbie still getting used to it because they wouldn't know how to switch on a computer. But <laughs> Boz especially. But he goes. Oh, this reminds me of me. <laughs> and we'll go, God, dare you to tweet that. Dare you. And he put it up, of course, Bozza being Bozza. Yeah. Bozza makes me laugh because he, he always is like... Reminds me of a young me. It's just like, if, you know, someone like, if it had been a... What was the goal in the World Cup? Van Bronckhorst. If that would have been on the... Yeah. He'd have gone, shouldn't be beaten from there. Yeah. <laughs> Bozza is a man who, once playing an international against New Zealand, had a free kick from 25 yards out. Most people would put up the four-man wall, Scott Carson included. Bozza said, get out of the way. No wall. If I can't save this, I'll walk home. So, <laughs> um, so Joe Hart, obviously, it's a shame that he wasn't at the World Cup, really, isn't it, given England's... Wouldn't it be great to have a really good young goalkeeper that you could yeah, play? that you could play instead of Rob Green. Yeah. yeah. Rob Green's... Ro- Rob Green... Is a good goalkeeper. <laughs> well, he's we'll, made high-profile we'll mistakes, but he that. is a good goalkeeper. We'll get on to Rob, um, but he's only 23. Joe Hart. You know, so if he's man. now, you know, if Capello has now said, you know, you're my number one, mm. Man City have said you're our number one. Now that guy's got 10 years ahead of him, potentially as you know, the 15, 15 yeah. England. We'll see him in 2022. Yeah, plays 100th game for England. Yeah, maybe. And they need it. That's some prediction. Because England have been a little bit cursed with keepers recently. And, uh, you so hopefully Never really replaced Gordon Banks, have we? Um, Spurs, <laughs> quick word on Spurs, otherwise Mac will kill me. Um, they looked pretty good first half, didn't they? Oh, first half an hour, hammering them. I mean, you just thought, you know, they're going to run away with this. And, you know, City were pretty negative, weren't they? You know, Classic Italian manager with a five-man midfield and stuff, and just Tebes three defensive midfielders. Yeah, exactly. He's playing three defensive midfielders. He spent a hundred million pounds and three defensive midfielders. Assistant coach Pimperbeck. I was thinking about it. Like Yaya Torre, right? 
earns an A-League club salary cap every six weeks. That's <laughs> 23-man squad. It sort of puts it into perspective, really. But so, again, also putting it into perspective, it's not the worst result for Man City because if you actually look at last season's league table, Spurs finished the place above them. They've gone there on the opening day, got battered for the first 45 minutes and have come away with a draw. Yeah, so Italian coach over the moon that result. He yeah. did it all the way through the end of last season. He didn't even attempt to win some games. Spurs uh, didn't get the result they were after in. I just want to mention this so I can say where they played. Yeah. Wankdorf. Well, yeah. not young boys. Yeah, it is. For me, it is. <laughs> young it boys at Wankdorf. Young, young boys at Wankdorf. Now some in Swiss stadium. Oh, yeah. yeah. Swiss bank. Mm, what yeah. are they worried about? They, got they were money. desperate for a sponsor for them. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> please, I need a sponsor. No, uh, average first half. Like, slightly better first 45 at Whiteheart than it was at... Uh, Wankdorf. Yeah, they didn't fancy the pitch, apparently. They didn't fancy the plastic pitch, according to Harry. It was great to see that, because we work with a load of Tottenham fans, don't we? There's more Spurs fans here than there are in England, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, so to, to see them go on about making the Champions League, sleeping giant awake again, I don't when they were ever a giant. <laughs> yeah, to see them go out to young boys would be brilliant. Uh, your boys, Newcastle, um, well beaten by United. Is, is it... Pumped. You know, you... This is your team. Where where do you think Newcastle should be aiming this season? Fifteenth. Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is this season just about staying in the Premier League? And yeah. Rebuilding again. Um, I mean, it's always kind of brings you back to reality when your your best hope for a signing is a good loan signing from a club that doesn't want a player because they can't fit him inside his top twenty five. So like a Rocco Santa Cruz or something like that. But whether or not we can handle the wages or Mike Ashley wants to pay them. But yeah, fifteenth, fourteenth, given what we've been through, uh, it just irks that we can get fifty thousand people to a game, every home game, and not have the mentality of a a top half side. But that's the way that Mike Ashley and wants to play it now. What's the fans' so. sort of feelings towards Ashley? Still don't like him. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, and is he still looking actively looking to sell? Or? I don't think so. Um, you, you look at it from a from a, a, a sane, um, normal point of view outside the club and think, okay, he's steadied the ship. He's got things under control, wage-wise. We're not in huge debt. But that's not what football is about yeah. in. In the Premier League, unfortunately, you need a figurehead who's going to splash cash. Yeah. And Ash doesn't want to. Can I think of any more words that rhyme with Ash yeah. and cash and splash? Flash. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just want him just want him to spend. Um, but it's not going to happen. So we've got to get past that and uh, onward and upward to 15th. Yeah, well, they're, they're trash at the championship, so you know, it's not that bad a squad. I was surprised so. I mean, that and again, bad. you know... There's only got to be three worst teams to start yeah. up, you know. So they, I think they would definitely be looking for, you know, sort of lower mid half of the of, mm. the, of the table. But I was surprised how crap the tra- championship was, yeah. to be honest. Um, the gulf between what we were playing the season before and what we were playing last season. My goodness. Someone like Kevin Nolan was a bit of an embarrassment for him to be even be playing at that level, wasn't he? He was so much better than every yeah. other player in that division. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool Arsenal um, two main talking points so first of all Joe Cole's red card on his debut for thighing yeah. <laughs> Arsenal's new centre back yeah. when actually connected him with his feet although yeah. like, it was difficult to because both feet were off the ground yeah. I guess <laughs> why, it was a, why it was a red card what, what did what? you think of the clan? I think it was a red card yeah 
Yeah. From the angle that the referee saw it, yeah. yeah. From the way that the player fell, yeah. From the way he went into the tackle, yeah. Yeah. He didn't get him. Fully. Yeah, it shouldn't, doesn't, shouldn't matter though. But know. it looked horrible. Yeah. So yeah. when playmakers tackle, it's not never, <laughs> never pretty. <laughs> so do you think that was a, that was a case of him trying too hard on his debut to get the crowd on his side, showing that he was committed to the cause and look, I'm going to go and clatter this lad in the corner yeah, and yeah, I think fans will be up because yeah. he's popular isn't he Joe Cole he's, yeah, one of the, you know, yeah. he's a hugely popular power and he, you know, which he does is rare for in. an England regular over the last 10 years he's yeah. done quite well to, to keep the fans sort mm. of on his side because there's not many that have yeah no yeah it's a bit, a bit of a bit of over excitement almost wasn't there but yeah. and a bit of poetic justice right at the end uh, certainly for the Arsenal fans who, uh, who weren't too happy with the Rainers part in the pulling of the Barcelona shirt over Fabregas's head. They would have loved right in front Rainer of him as well. Dropping one in the net right in front of them. Oh, that was horrible. Can't even blame the sun because the sun was in his eyes, and then he turned around and it wasn't, and that's when he dropped it. So, but yeah. I guess that's like if, you, if you've just done that and the sun's right in your eyes, and then you quickly turn, you get that sort of flash, don't you? As you do that, but I mean, it's still not a good look. But, um, but yeah, so all evens there. I mean, Liverpool this season. Uh, do you think Hodgson's going to get them? Back challenging for Champions League place? Or? Top six, I think. Yeah. And uh, I can't see him making the Champions League. I can't see any reason why they would either. Yeah, and Arsenal? Um, trophyless for five years now, is it? Mm, if, yeah. if, they, if they get given. Gi- just signed up, so. If they know. get given, I think that would be a massive difference. Yeah. Or Schwarzer? Yep, Schwarzer, yeah, same. Yeah, way. I think either. Schwarzer? Um, I, 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 I actually think Schwarzer so. more than given. Would, is what Arsenal need because I don't think they really have a commanding centre back mm. in the air, and I think Given isn't the tallest keeper. Schwarzer comes for everything yeah. and gets most things. Unfortunately, not all the closest time. there, but um, <laughs> yeah, but by and large, by and large, Schwarzer dominates his area, and I think that's what Arsenal need more than anything. Yeah. And that's round, and that's section three done. No, it's not. Not quite. That's all the games. <laughs> I've got one more cut game. It, Simon, cut it. I've got one more game here, which was uh, which was against the odds, considering the week we had. But Aston Villa oh. went out and <laughs> the odds. West Ham. You want to referee this or? Yeah. Oh, wow. um, Trev, I'll, mate, I'll, I'll shut up. I'll just let you give your appraisal of it as a as a hammer as a. As an unhappy hammer. I'll make a couple of quick points. First thing, first game of the season, signed five new players, excited about seeing them. We played pretty much the same team that were absolutely terrible last season with Winston Reid at oh, right back, the only addition. Um, opening half hour, oh God, it was so painful. Like, couldn't control the ball, amount of passes going anywhere. Not to take anything away from Villa, who, you know, were good as well. I think it's one of those combination of West Ham being terrible and Villa being, you know, really, really up for it. But, I was just saying earlier, I was watching it, and it was so unenjoyable to watch as a West Ham fan. And I just wanted Villa to score, almost to like relieve a bit of the pressure, because you just keep coming at us until you'd, you'd scored. Um, Tompkins, I have to mention, this This was one of the most incredible pieces of defending I've ever seen. Because first of all, he completely lost the ball, didn't he? He got, you know... Yeah. Caught, with the, caught with the pass back then he ran back managed to shin it to nearly an own goal to hit the post and then it came back out to him and then he passed it back to a Villa player it was it was three shockers in a row yeah there was a period though like it was early in the second half when it when it rained when it was went really sort it was of blustery. hot wasn't it and then it just and I turned. thought I could just see it be one of those games where you then nick one and then nick one at the end and then it's still but West Ham played alright in that period yeah, yeah they, they had a slight period in the second Avram just went off his head obviously at half time and 
and got into here, but um, bought on a couple of PK came on and the new Mexican lad, so it was a bit of extra. The the player that impressed me the most is a neutral. I don't know what do you think, Jacko uh, Albrighton? Yeah, the, no, I mean he's been there or thereabouts, and, and Kieran Clark at the back had, a, had yeah. another good game. This, this is the grumble of many Villa fans in, in that a lot of us I, I thought O'Neill did a great job, came in, but I, I do think that that O'Neill's been a bit sort of put on a pedestal by the, the non-Villa sort of <laughs> media yeah. in that you know, he spent an awful lot of money. We were the third highest spending Premier League club over yeah. the, the period of time that he was there. We've got a lot of players on stupid salaries. Our wage bill is £21 million more than Spurs. And Spurs have, I think, 10 more first-team players than us in their squad. You've got players like Nicky Shorey on 30 grand a week, Emil Heskey on 60 grand a week. But beneath that, Kevin McDonald has, has won the reserve team championship for the last three seasons with a bunch of kids that five, four or five of them ended up on the pitch on Saturday. Yeah. So all Brighton, who O'Neill has <coughs> used very sparingly, Kieran Clark, who O'Neill used the season before last on the opening day, and he's never had a look in since. Uh, we saw Weirman come on, we saw mm. Barry Bannon come on, um, and there was a lot of good young players there that haven't been getting the chance because... O'Neill's bought a load of dross that is sat on the bench earning earning tens of thousands of pounds. So. Well, I saw a guy that I hadn't seen for one of New, Newcastle's Player of the Year from two years ago, Habib Bay, was mm. sitting on the bench. Yeah, I, I thought he went into a cocoon. I never saw yeah. him again. Yeah, and he'll be on good money. You know, he'll yeah, he'll be on thirty, forty grand a week, and he's made maybe. You know, and it was also refreshing to see a six million pound right back in Luke Young played at right back. <laughs> rather than at left back or not at all yeah. you know, Martin O'Neill spent the whole of last season playing Carlos Quayer a centre back at right back yeah. you know, and understandably Luke Moore, uh, Luke Moore Luke Young has been looking to leave but now there's a whole you know, what would what, be interesting to see there is that the, a squad that probably needed refreshing has now had that refreshment by the manager leaving because all of a sudden players like Luke Young um, players like Nigel Riococa have now got an opportunity to prove themselves again, whereas they've just been frozen out mm. by O'Neill, and we're all looking to leave. So we're still probably, I think, a, a good centre forward away. And the sooner that Emil Heskey's out, isn't better. everyone? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, exactly. You know, that's the difference really between the, the, those Champions, you know, Champions League teams and like the rest. Tottenham like Villa. got plenty of great strikers, haven't they? Yeah. To, to put four good strikers. With um, just quickly, did, are you happy with the fact from face value? I reckon it's a great deal. You get. Um, and as we record this, I'm pretty sure it's confirmed. There was having the yeah, medicals yeah, last gone. night. Yeah, it's gone. Milner, 26 mil, but I don't know what eight the deal million. is with Ireland. Ireland. So we've got 18 million in cash. 18 and, million and, and Ireland. Ireland. Yeah, that's a pretty. I big think it's deal. Good, yeah, I think it's a good deal. I think Milner is, you know, Milner is a, is a is a good player. He's a great player for us because, you know, and, and I think the challenge for him is going to be when he goes to Man City, how often he's going to end up playing. Yeah. But certainly, we've got a player in Stephen Ireland that on his day is a better player than James Milner. Two years ago, he scored, what, 15 goals yeah. and was their player of the year? And so, my, my yeah. only concern about that was that he was very clear that he didn't want to leave Man City. You know, so it's yeah. not like he's coming with a passion to play for Villa. I yeah, hope yeah. when he gets there, he'll see that he's surrounded by... But he's been there since he was 11, hasn't yeah. he? So, yeah. So I, I hope that if, he, but if his head's right, he's a bit of a nutter. He's a bit so weird, isn't he? He couldn't be more, he couldn't be more <laughs> opposite to James Milner in attitude. You know, Milner like, just summed up for me what a good player he is by the way he conducted himself on Saturday. 
he went into every challenge. He didn't pull out of anything. Scored a great goal. He was excellent, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And, and then and, he and leaves. Turned, and probably turned the Villa three fans times. around that were booing him at the start to giving him a standing ovation when he took them off. Yeah. So whereas Ireland, you know, sort of says his grand, an imaginary grands died to get out of Ireland, <laughs> international duty, and drives a pink Range Rover with pink alloys. And he wears a wig, doesn't he? Sometimes as well. Sometimes wears a wig. No, he's, it, I read an article about him saying all those days are behind him, and that was when he was playing well for for City. Um, whether or not those days are behind him, or they're just lying dormant somewhere inside him. Hmm. But interesting enough, he's he's one of those characters that there's definitely two sides to. He's got his own charity as well. That, that, yep. So every time he plays, he tries to swap shirts with the highest profile player on the other side, yep. gets them to sign the shirt, and then it goes on to his website on a Monday to be auctioned for. It's for kids' cancer yeah, charity. Yeah, you bid it? on it. Um, just briefly going back to the Villa manager, are you saying that you want to see McDonald given a chance then? Um, I'd certainly. I think Lerner's, you know, said that he'll give him, you know, the next sort of three or four games to see. I, I think the big thing is whether he wants it. Hmm. You know, and he's never managed at that top flight before, and he said himself, he said, "I'm not really sure how this is sitting with me because I, I really enjoy the coaching." side of it but I'm not sure whether I'm ready for mm. all of everything that goes with it maybe the answer is to bring someone in and they work together old McDonald Diego Maradona <laughs> for kids Mar- Maradona that'd be great wouldn't it anyway that session's gone on for a while we'll be back after this break and we're going to preview this weekend's games quickly in A-League round 3 join us after the break the season starts here with 442's ultimate companion to the big kickoff. Every A-League and EPL team is profiled, complete with all the fixtures, stats and expert opinion you need. Hear the views of Fox Sports Match Day Saturday team on the coming season and enjoy our look forward to the start of league action in Spain, Germany and Italy. Plus, we go one-on-one with Liverpool legend and TV super pundit Mark Lawrenson. If it's in the game, it's in 442. On sale now. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello and welcome to the final part of this week's 442 Insider podcast. Attention back on the A-League now. Round 3 kicks off tomorrow night uh, in Adelaide at Highmarsh Stadium where Adelaide entertain new boys Melbourne Heart who are still still looking for their first win. Trev, are Mm -hmm. they going to get it tomorrow? Uh, No. I think uh, <laughs> is the short answer that no, I think Adelaide will win. You know, like saying previously, always reasonable at home. Quite interesting with the heart that Skoko's out. He's going to be out for a month. He, he was going to be a big player for them, wasn't he? So to lose him so early is um, not great. And as the the preview says, they're still looking for their their first goal scorer after uh, after opening two games. But I, I don't think Adelaide, you know, will flog them. But I think they'll do just enough. Edge them out one nil, perhaps. Yeah, Adam. Draw. <laughs> we said you weren't allowed to. No say draws. Why not? No draw. Uh, I, I honestly think draw. Yeah. I do honestly think draw. I'm not so just saying. I'm, just been, I'm back on the draw again this week. I can't get past the fact that. Um, yeah. The draw. thing is though, you look at you look at the A League fixtures every week, and there are no bankers. It's not like no. it's not like Chelsea, Chelsea, West Blackpool, Brom. Yeah. You know, where it's, it's like you look at it yeah. and you go, "See what? I think that's going to be a draw." Um, I'd probably agree with you. I, I mean, Skoko is a loss. I mean, it, if we, from what we've seen in the first two games, he looked like he was struggling in both of them. No, and if it was fitness-wise, yeah. I uh, must say that uh, on match day Saturday this weekend, Rutger Verm is going to uh, feature. Oh, what a name! 
And what a step over. <laughs> <laughs> Not for that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think we've, we need to draw a line in the sand. I know we've got to be uh, pay homage to where they're from and how they pronounce their names, but the dude name, the dude's name is Worm. Yeah. And we could call him Verm or just be like Worm. What's the Worm? The Worm. The worm. The worm. I mean, it's a, it's a headline writer's dream, yeah. as I'm sure Kevin will be. Yeah, uh, he's already talking about the it. Season. <laughs> yeah, just, he's just waiting. You know, the Worm has turned. The early bird gets the Worm. Um, Saturday's action kicks off uh, out west with Perth versus Newcastle. Now, this would probably be one where you would say that there is a favourite, pretty firm favourite. You'd say Perth to win at home? Yeah, but Jets Jets are one of the classic sides that throw up the shock results, aren't they? I know they Perth at so home. So we say draw? Oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep back in the home teams here. I'm going to say Perth again. And I think Fury caught them by surprise a little bit last week. I think they're, they're a lot better than people imagine they were going to be. And I think they'll be fired up, especially after the victory result. I'm going to go Perth. Adam, I've just noticed as well that Perth Stadium's changed again. That yeah. must be a nightmare for people like you that are on every week <laughs> on the telly. I went through the whole of last season not saying, I just said, let's go out west or let's go yeah, to Perth. Yeah, or, because it, I wasn't it, sure because it was... It's been Members Equity, it's now NIB. It confused me because it was Members Equity, but then Members... They didn't change the name of the stadium. ME. Members Equity changed the name of their company. ME. ME Bank. Um, but... Now I, I know that, NIB. I thought that was an unfortunate change of name as well. It's just all these people that couldn't be bothered to go out their bank because they're too tired. <laughs> it's like the ME bank. Don't often get a chance to get an ME joke in, there. Hey, hey. Do I pay that check? Don't feel up to it. here in bed. Um, <laughs> Perth, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> this anyway, anyway back, to, back to the game. Newcastle Jets. Do you think they can... I mean, we've, you're right, Trev. They, they have always had that, that ability. Yep to go away from home and get results because they, they do have the ability to, to press teams high up the pitch. Michael Bridges, if he fires. So do we think that they... Playing for Newcastle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's quite... I've never actually thought about that. That's the obvious place for him to be, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Um, all right, what are we saying? Draw or... No, no. or away win? No, no. Perth. Perth are my home Perth, I'm going draw. Adam's going... Perth. I'll get off the fence. Perth, yes. come on. <laughs> Excellent. And will Robbie Fowler get up for Mark? Quick. Yes. Yes? No. Oh. No? I'm going to say yes. I think he's going to score a hat-trick in a three-all draw. <laughs> um, Saturday night, Brisbane, Sydney. Sydney looking for their first win of the season. Mm. Um, Brisbane, home form has, has not been great. Um, Sydney's away form, probably... Yeah, you'd probably tip a draw. I'm, I'd tip a draw, yeah. Trev. Brit, this, could be, this could be another good draw weekend, couldn't it? I might be on I it, might. actually. Uh, with all due respect to Brisbane, I actually haven't seen them play this season because I, I wasn't around when they played their, their first round yeah. uh, 0-0 with Gold Coast. Um, and and 12 off-season signings. Yeah, uh, lots of new faces. I mean, six new starters, I think, they had in their first game. So I go into this half-blind... Uh, draw. <laughs> I saw I saw a fair bit of the Gold Coast game, and from what I saw, like you know, Brisbane looked pretty tired. They like they're playing decent football. Yeah, yeah I mean, especially how, how they played against the Gold Coast last season. You yeah, know, when they got ha- repeatedly hammered. Yeah, they looked far better. I mean, who's gonna? I mean, I guess the thing for for Brisbane is you know 
in the absence of Van Dyke, where where the goal's going to come from? Reynaldo. <laughs> talking of pr- pronouncing it how it's spelled. Reynaldo and Henrique. Uh, are they going to be? Are they going to be able to provide the goals? Uh, yeah, they they don't have an obvious goal scorer. I don't think they've got someone who's necessarily going to score double figures. I think they're going to look for for goals elsewhere. But you've got people like Mitch Nichols that can chip in. That is it, Brosh. Baroche, the, the yeah. German no, guy. No, he looks. He looks. He, he looks alright. He looks, right. he looks player, like he, he might grab some goals. So yeah, I think it might be more. Everyone's going to need to chip in for them to have a good season. Remind me a bit of Thomas Hitzelsberger. So one of them who the just hammer. shoots everywhere. Yeah. Shoot on sight. He's at West Ham now. Is he? Yeah. The hammer at the hammers. Yeah, exactly. That's why we got him. Yeah. Good marketing. Alright. Uh, <laughs> Draw though. Wellington versus the Mariners. Let's hope it's uh, it's not wet Wellington this week. Hmm. Where did we see that going? Eight and a half thousand there last week. That I mean, that if what that would have been, that been in Sydney, they'd have got eight and a half hundred. Yeah. <laughs> <of raiding. laughs> oh, got to be Better, joking. They got paid up money in at the ME bank. Yeah. yeah. Go out in the rain. I'm not mad. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and uh, they still got naked. Yeah. <laughs> still got yeah. their shirts on. They're a special breed, the Kiwis. Yellow fever. Love it. Uh, Wellington uh, for this one, the second match. Yep. They obviously missed the first week, but uh, yeah, I like uh, Wellington in this. Depends though if the Perez dispenser plays. Can we call it Perez dispenser? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, future Johnny Apparently Warren. He sets up goals, so <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I pay, he will be fit, I think. That's what they're saying. You sure? Yeah, a little bit of a hammy problem, I think, before, but. Yeah, yeah he's, he's playing. Don't muck around us with those, I suppose. But yeah. no, that's no. exclusive. He's playing. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think um, I think Wellington will want to put right the you know disappointing end to the Gold Coast result. I'm going to go Wellington. Paul Eiffel, five goals. But let's not forget the Mariners, <laughs> perennial party poopers. Uh, it's going to be a draw, isn't it? It's going to be a draw, mate. <laughs> it's going to be two all with a late equaliser from Matt Simon. This is my right. least favourite part of the podcast, yeah. the predicting the scores. <laughs> it's never right. And the final game, Melbourne victory at home again uh, to North Queensland Fury. The striker invades Melbourne. Cream jacket in tow, hopefully dry cleaned. Can they keep the dream run going? Can they beat last season's grand finalists? Um, I, I thought seventh last season was... You know, a really, really good turnout for them, and it's such a new team that I think if they could creep into the finals, that'd be a great result. Building them up for a fall here. Um, definitely make the finals, possibly win the grand final. <laughs> um, we t- well, yeah, we talk about um, pace in that Fury team, and then we're talking about how Victory is sort of struggling for it a little bit at the moment and not looking great at home. So, um, you know, while last week was a, a big upset to see them beat Sydney at home to go somewhere like away to victory and pick up three points of it, I think would be an ev- even bigger result for them and I think they can do it I'm going to back them Fury wow I was waiting Adam. for the hands your butt somewhere there but <laughs> it didn't come um, and I thought I was going to be clever and say the same thing but I'll say the same thing anyway <laughs> draw yeah, North Queensland yeah why right. not what what one player that stood out as well for me last week was Chris Payne yeah point to prove Laid on a couple of goals. Um, still a bit immature in that sometimes I think his decision making lets him down a bit. Aren't we all, Jacko? Yeah, yeah, true. Well, <laughs> speak for yourself, Trevor, 27. Um, pushing out his tongue. I still think sometimes his decision making when to sort of shoot. Oh, in terms of immature, like he's running along the sideline and he yeah. starts doing yeah, that yeah, under yeah. his arm or something like that. Yeah. Um, 
so we see how he goes against the uh, against the back three of Melbourne. Yep. I remember there was a there was a bit of a showdown between him and Musket when he played. He just bounced off Musket. That was like the first minute, wasn't it? Yeah. Like Musket just give Musket him a shoulder. Welcomed him onto the pitch with a little shoulder. Uh, okay, well, I'm gonna oh, go. I'm gonna go draw. <laughs> Alex, I'm, I'm just saying what I've backed this seat this week, rather than coming up with something completely different, and then it all ended in draws. Mm. Um, so Adam, talk us through what have you got coming up this Saturday? What can we look forward to on match day Saturday? Here Sa- we've got Santo Chilaro on. Oh, excellent. Um, yeah. to, to have a chat about uh, all things football. I mean, obviously he had a, a pretty funny World Cup experience and uh, it was a very enjoyable show, that one. I'm, yeah, great show, well, yeah. For me to say that, working on another network, yeah. that's unheard of in television. But, uh, but it's very good, funny show. you know, getting away from that sort of boring stuffy suit of things, you know, like match day Saturday yeah. has done, you know, made it a bit more fun than, you know, yeah. it's... And what we kind of try and do in the mag as well, isn't it? Sort of not take it quite so seriously all the time. Yeah. I thought it was great. And also, football's about so much more than what happens on the 90 minutes on the pitch. And everyone knows. Correct. You can only talk so much about, was it a good goal, was it offside? You know, so yeah. much of the game. If, you, if you've got five mates who went to watch a game of football and, and earwigged their conversation in the pub afterwards, I reckon five minutes of it would be on the game and the rest would be on everything else that went around. Yeah, yeah, you see that. Chick in the stands and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that fella take a stack at the bar. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> how rubbish that haircut, like, that yeah. fella. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, obviously we'll go have a little political slant given uh, the nature of Saturday. Yeah, yeah, in a general sense, day, yeah. got some vision of Tony Abbott playing football. Really? Uh, Will yeah. it be as uh, as good as uh, Howard's cricket bowl? Uh, <laughs> do, do you remember that? That was. The standard in rubbishness, and he didn't quite meet that standard. Oh, Diana Ross's penalty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the funniest. One of the funniest Goal things still I've seen. <laughs> That's the benchmark in crappiness in opening ceremonies, of, uh, yeah. and it's got some good competition. But uh, we've got that. We'll have a little political slant, and um, yeah, a bit of fun with uh, Robbie and Bozza. We'll obviously touch on with Robbie. Uh, what's happened this week we're not going to dwell on it because uh, we've got more funner things to talk about hopefully so you must have one of the toughest jobs on TV keeping those two in check yes for how long you on air for all up five six seven hours eight eight hours eight hours so we've got an interesting one this week in the sense that there's no early kickoff in the Premier League so what we're going to do we're going to have a a half hour post game of the Brisbane Sydney match and uh, go into it in depth with that talk talk to a couple of players and whatnot. Then we've actually got uh, Coventry Derby for any Coventry or Derby fans out there. That'll be uh, well. That match kicks off as Sydney Brisbane finishes, so we can't go to it live. What we're going to do is just show it in full on delay at about ten o'clock, yeah. up until about eleven thirty, and then we're going to hit uh, hit into our feature match, which is Arsenal Blackpool, the haves and the have-nots, yeah. <laughs> if you like. Yeah. Um, but a wonderful experience for Blackpool going to the yeah, Emirates yeah, and seeing well, what happens. Win. Hull went there when they went on that early run. They went there and won, didn't they? Yeah. Giovanni scored that. Yeah, they beat Tottenham, didn't they? Early doors as well. I mean, it was Hull two seasons ago. It was Burnley who beat Man U and Everton at home last season. So we'll see if Blackpool can continue their dream start. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that and then throw to the games at midnight because <laughs> eight hours of Bozza and Robbie. Well, it's fun, but as much as I want to <laughs> hang around for the late game with Chelsea, but... Uh, no, so we've got that all coming up uh, on another packed weekend. And uh, the weekend after, I'm not around, and uh, we've got a special guest host Oof. taking over for a couple of weeks because I'm uh, Give us the off somewhere. Who is it? Oh, right. Uh, Dicko. 
Oh, yeah. I didn't see that coming. As a Villa fan, you'd be pumped about that. I will not be watching that. (laughs) The last thing I need to listen to is a Blue Nose for eight hours. With the Blue Ridge. I actually actually met him at the the Australia-New Zealand game. Were you nice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm polite these days. I'm I'm mature now. It's the only match in the season that is a locked-in, absolute... By virtue of the Birmingham Police, a 12 o'clock kickoff on a Sunday. On a yeah. Sunday, every so every week. West Ham, Millwall, you know, yeah. when they are in the same league, same thing. They still yeah. managed to get extremely intoxicated though before the match. Oh so. no! Those, those Brummies. Yes, it's impressive. Any special brew? Yeah, he'll, <laughs> he'll be uh, he'll be on the show for for the few weeks that I'm uh, not around. Excellent. All right, thanks a lot for joining us today. Good fun. No sure worries. Just step down happens. from the professionalism of match day Saturday. Uh, no, you, yeah, you, <laughs> pretty much on a leaving. We'll just, <laughs> we'll just let everyone into a secret. I did actually turn up with the previews until we we noticed, or, or I would say Adam noticed that I have got the rad free previews from 2009. Poor old Sebrae was still suspended. It would have been yeah. quite funny had we started previewing last year's games. But anyway, thanks no. a lot for joining us. Um, no worries. Hopefully. Everyone will join us next week when we don't have Adam on the show and it's back to me and Trev. Who are we going to try and get in next week? Oh, bigger guests all the way. But anyways, is there a bigger guest? Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Dicko, we'll get Dicko. Dicko. Yeah. <laughs> oh, see, maybe we will. We'll try and get him up. Because isn't he based in Melbourne now? I've got no idea. Yeah, I think he's based in Melbourne. But mind you, I think his radio keep finished. So. I think he's back here. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we should try and get him in. Give it a try. All right, we'll go on to that. All right, thanks a lot for joining us. See you next week. Enjoy this week's A-League games. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.